You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Shuquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million-dollar seller. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. Today, we have Dave Sticklin on the show. Dave, thanks for coming on and uh, spending some time with us. Uh, where are you at today, man? I really appreciate the invite. I'm uh, here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, sunny and beautiful today. Uh, so, uh, so we don't tell you guys who are not from Seattle uh, that it's sunny and beautiful sometimes. So just assume it's raining. But, but yeah, uh, great. <laughs> nice. We must have your uh, clouds and gray weather here in Virginia Beach today. <laughs> this time of year is crazy for us, man. It bounces all around. Uh, you know, in between winter and, and summer here. So like yesterday it was 70 something. Now it's like, you know, 58 or something. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like sunny today, but yesterday the wind was so bad that I felt like, uh, and it was just stormy. So we'll get, we'll, it'll just uh, come and go. And uh, hopefully it gets stormy on the weekend when all the tourists are here. So they don't, ah. they don't consider moving here. And uh, it's been pretty crazy. I live in the middle of uh, actually uh, South Lake Union where Amazon is. So, uh, oh, okay. you know, like uh, surrounded by all those buildings and, you know, the Amazon go is just a couple of blocks down the street. The first one that they opened to the public and uh and uh, there's all starting to come back to work so lots of lanyards and uh and people going back and forth into the buildings pretty exciting okay nice interesting so have you uh how long have you been in seattle have you called that home for a little bit yeah i've been in seattle for about 20 years so yeah nice okay. moved into the into like south lake union in the last couple and it's just been it's just been wonderful to be part of uh kind of everything going on down here and seeing the growth and uh, being surrounded like uh, by really smart, engaging people. Amazon has really lifted kind of the, you know, the, the culture and the spirit of kind of everyone around Seattle from kind of being a working class city built around Boeing to, you know, something that's a lot more forward thinking uh, and really kind of taking what Microsoft started and 10 xing It's been great. Nice. Yeah, but that's been exciting to watch since you've been there for a while. Yeah. So uh so I know you've done very well on Amazon. You're you're involved in a couple things. Uh and I definitely want to dig into that, man. But let's let's take it back a little bit. I mean, was was Dave always always meant to be an entrepreneur? Did you kind of go through a phase where you, you know, you took on some work and you went back to being a business owner? Or, you know, what does that journey look like for you? Yeah, it's actually it's it's actually pretty funny. So um, I'm uh, I, I've been working with Tal Moore, who's in our uh, in the forum for uh, twelve years now. So I had been going kind of back and forth between some bigger corporate gigs and uh, met Tal uh, through some mutual friends, um, and uh, he brought me on to start a uh, a new company with him called uh, Wicker.com. We were actually selling outdoor furniture and. Uh, kind of turned a lot of that over to me and uh, kind of that was the first place where I really cut my teeth on e-commerce, um, you know, building this brand new website, uh, coming out your way to like North Carolina, going out to High Point to kind of negotiate with all these different furniture companies to get them to drop ship for us. 
Uh, we did that for um, like three years and it was an absolute disaster. Uh, oh, you know, furniture companies were not interested in selling online. Uh, they didn't know how, they didn't have anything uh, set up to do that properly. The website was really horrible. We spent a lot of money on the on the domain name. And so uh, once that uh, came to the close and we had uh, lost a bunch of money in that endeavor, Tal was like, you want to help me run the rest of the business? And uh Kind of brought me in so you know i try to be really respectful of the idea of the entrepreneur who's you know got a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars in his bank account and says you know i'm going for it um that's fantastic and uh i was really uh i had a different journey where i had someone really put their arm around me and say you can do this and uh you know, help me build those skills in a place that it was a, a, a little more safe than what a lot of guys in MDS have gone through. And, you know, the more time I spend uh, talking to our colleagues, the more I just realize how, uh, you know, how brave and strong a lot of those people who, you know, take that big step are pretty awesome. So we've yeah. been uh, selling on Amazon. Uh, we we started, uh, I took over an outdoor uh, or an outdoor electronics company called uh, Guardline. Okay. And uh, uh, and at that time, I think we were just doing our arbitrage off websites. So we had a we had a website called Gadget Shack and one called epopcorn.com. And then a couple other smaller kind of websites that were doing like two or $3,000 a month. Um, we turned Gadget Shack into Guardline, which was our own outdoor security product, um, and started selling that exclusively on Amazon and our Guardline website. And then we turned ePopcorn into what we're working on now, which is Franklin's Popcorn. Nice, man. So you said some some interesting stuff there. You guys used to, you were selling under Gadget Shack, but you were doing arbitrage from other websites, right? Yeah. yeah. Super cool. I, I love that business model because it's like, Cause I got started in arbitrage and it's such, it's a little bit safer, you know, like in the long run, it's, it's, it, I think everyone changes their mind, right? They want to have a little more ownership over things, a little more control over their supply and stuff like that. But man, without arbitrage, I don't know how much it probably would have taken me a lot longer to get my foot in the door, you know? Um, so, so that, that's cool that you guys were doing that. And, and what year was it you guys were doing the drop shipping thing? Uh, that, I mean, we'd been selling like Tal, so Tal started selling online back off a of dial up. Um, okay. uh, you know, he's been selling online that long. Um, when we first got into Amazon is right after, um, you know, I want to say right when I started, we really put our foot to the pedal, which was uh, 2011. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, that's about right. So um, I've been working with Tal for over 10 years now. So we uh, at that point, we were had had some programmer build like a scrape bot that was going through Amazon trying to find opportunities of places that we could, you know, where there weren't a lot of sellers of other people's products. You could contact the manufacturer, want to set up, you know, a reseller uh, account, buy a bunch of their stuff, and then, you know, compete head to head blood sport against a bunch of other uh, sellers on that ASIN. And then, you know, like, because, uh, you know, we had enough ASINs, you're using like, 
you're willing to put a lot more cash down for supplies. You're just waiting for the other guy to go out of stock. Um, and uh, so then you could maximize that market. And that's just a brutal way of doing business. And what we saw is we just saw way more people getting into the game, right? Like there were three or four people on an ASIN and then there was like 10 people on an ASIN. And a lot of those resellers, I don't know what they're doing with the time, man. They, you know, they're willing to make a nickel. Like I know they're buying at my price and like they're willing to, as long as they get the sale, they're willing to, to do it. And uh, that's when it just became clear to us that we really needed our own stuff, our own product, something that had a bit of a moat between us because we have been in that space for a while, especially like outdoor electronics. We knew what the customers wanted. Yeah. We've been, uh, we had in-house customer service for that brand. We were doing arbitrage, but you know, like, we had people buying products from other electronics companies and then calling us for tech support because wow. our guys were that good. So it was just taking all that knowledge and then creating something. That's when it became kind of special. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's super interesting. I mean, I've I know a couple guys who've done arbitrage, but like having your own support team, like yeah. that's intense, man. That is uh, that's super cool. Uh, definitely, it sounds like you guys got in at a good time, and I got in around 2015, so. It was already a little bit, a little bit busy, and and just kept getting busier and busier. Uh, so I'm a little bit behind on the the shift, you know, uh, to to private label. Um, although we did make it, and it's uh, moving the direction we want it to. Uh, yeah. So how did you meet Tao? Where did you guys meet? We have a we have a mutual friend. Um, we uh, we met at a all guys weekend retreat. Uh, at my buddy's beach house and you know i'm really lucky to be in a in a really good group of dudes who um just really all care about each other and uh you know we every six months or so it'd be you know me uh, my best friend and uh just other various people that would come and go um and we you know enjoy play music you know enjoy the beach and just kind of talk about life. I mean, we were all in our you know 20s or early 30s. And it's just having people you could be vulnerable with and open with to kind of have that exploration and really talk about our dreams in a, in a good place like that. And, you know, Tal had uh, had some mutual friends with my best friend and he came along once. And I mean, I can't think of a better time to like really I, I know, you know, like you get to know someone on a very personal level and then to like decide to want to work with that person it was you know like uh not many people have the uh, the like the mind space to do that they would move away and go oh well that person's a friend i don't want to do that and or they'd have to make a choice but you know one of the cool things is we've been able to balance that uh like level of that that sense of uh support and trust that you know we built our connection over uh, in the beginning and carry that over to the way we work together it's been pretty awesome Nice. Yeah. It's definitely great when you find someone to work with like that, man. I'm, I'm always jealous of some of the guys in the group who have these really strong partnerships where, you know, people have defined roles and they really just complement each other really well. And, you know, it can be such an amazing thing when it's done properly, um, you know, which is something I haven't experienced yet. I've had some bad business partnerships and things go wrong and, uh, you know, so I'm still looking for that opportunity. Um, what, what is, um, what's some of the things that you guys, some tools or resources you guys use that you think has kind of helped you guys continue 
uh, to have that relationship, you know, where you have these defined roles and you really complement each other. And, and how do you guys deal with uh, the problems that pop up and maybe you guys butt heads or whatever happens? How does that get handled with you guys? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm really sorry that you like went through that with like, <laughs> that. You've, I mean, like I, I talked to a lot of dudes who've uh, and a lot of other sellers who have had that kind of experience. And, um, you know, you, you put a lot of hope and excitement about what you're bringing into your organization and you really care about what you built and to, to kind of even a little bit kind of like allow someone into that space and then have them not live up to what, you know, was decided. That's just, that's just really hard to continue to do that, especially when it's something that really matters to you. So that's a real bummer that that happened. I was just talking to another guy in the group this morning. It was just, you know, um, sharing some of the, this, it had a really hard week of like, you know, listings going down, big time listings going down and like issues in the warehouse. And it's, you know, like, I just count myself as lucky that I ha at least have someone to share that pain with, you know, yeah. that we're like, you know, there's two people really feeling it when the ASIN goes down, because I mean, like a, a lower level employee is just like, oh, well, I'm still getting paid. I'll still deal with the problem. And it's, it's bad that it happened, but they don't feel it. Right. You know, and just having someone else really feel it with you can, you know, and, and I, you know, there are lots of, of people in our group that I watch that have those kind of relationships. They form those bonds. That's great. And uh, but, uh, you know, a couple of things that we did, I mean, like there became a point where Natal has been doing this for a long time. So, you know, I think that once I kind of stepped into the overall, the larger piece of the business, it was about negotiating a way that. Tal felt comfortable letting go so we could, he could work on the business a little more um, and learning what to let go of. And like, you know, it's one thing to say that, but then it tasked me with creating the space to do that. Right. And um, it's funny. I, uh, uh, I think that one of the things that has created a lot of headbutting is just, you know, a vision of how things should be versus a vision of how things are and how things are getting done. And like, uh, you know, coming together and being able to share that um, in a way that's, uh, you know, we have our arguments uh, and we have times where we're just not on the same page, but we always end wherever we are in alignment. Right. And, and a lot of that is sometimes, you know, I recognize that it's his business and it's, uh, you know, he's writing the big check and like my job is to make sure that we're all successful and that, you know, he feels supported and, you know, seen and heard and uh, that we are, you know, sometimes going one direction together is way more valuable than, you know, doing what I think might be in that moment. We'll always have time to come back to it later. So, you know, it's about both of us giving in when we need to give in to each other. And it's about hearing and respecting where the other person is and, uh, and continuing to just lean in and trust they're you know that that's really the hard part is you know like knowing the other person's going to be there like you know i don't have to worry about upsetting this person and not coming to work the next day or sabotaging the you know the situation we're doing and just because they didn't get what they wanted it's just at the end of the day we both want to be successful and we trust that yeah, man, that uh, that sounds like a really great relationship. I'm I'm thinking of myself a little bit, and it's like, you know, I, I think most of us are are smart enough to know like we don't get everything right. You know, like we're gonna get things wrong, and 
And even when you're facing a challenge and, you know, Tal's thinking one way, Dave's thinking the other way. And, you know, Tal is maybe like, maybe he's a little more willing to be like, you know what? Like, I, I think I'm right, but I know I can't be right all the time. And maybe Dave's on to something and, and I'm just going to let this thing roll and see what happens. And, you know, I imagine some pretty cool things can come from that. Right. Like, cause I, I know, I know you guys do uh, EOS, right. Entrepreneurs operating system. Yep. So, you know, they identify those different types, visionary integrators. And um, I think you've even, you've even kind of like switched roles a little bit before, yeah. right. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Moving into EOS was really important when uh, Tal wanted to move farther away from the business. And in the beginning, it was, you know, Tal in the visionary role and me in the in, in the integrated role. Like, and that's where we were with Guardline. So as we uh, we built Guardline bigger and bigger, and eventually, you know, we sold and got out of that brand. That was a re- that was a really good way to understand who was accountable for what, and you know, and then. You know, EOS allows you to focus down on the core things that are really important to the business. What are the numbers that are moving it forward? An agreed upon group of projects that you're doing every quarter that, uh, so there's, it removes a bunch of that friction, right? Like it removes some of the reactiveness that can sometimes cause friction of like XYZ is blowing up right now. What do we do? Like having our core values in place means that there's always something to fall back on. So I'm a real big believer in making one decision to make a hundred decisions. And if you can make that one decision when things aren't uh, insane and blowing up, then you can lean back on that decision when things are insane and blowing up. So, uh, so yeah, so putting EOS in place was really helpful for us. Uh, it flattened out a lot of our conversation, kept us on point. You know, when we're you're doing the VTO, just even being able to talk about what are what are our revenue projections going to look like in three years? It's just, you know, it brings up a bunch of things in conversation that maybe if you hadn't had that conversation, would have ended up in conflict somewhere down the road. It just eliminates all that. So when, after we sold Guardline, yeah, I moved. Uh, I, I took over as president of Franklin's um, Popcorn and moved into the visionary role. And Tal moved into what EOS is calling the owner's box, which is, okay. you know, um, a, uh, a higher level kind of ownership over the old, entire business. But, you know, like I hired my uh, first integrator and, um, and kind of started working with that person. And uh, it's been a completely uh, different shift. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So did you guys, it sounds like you guys may have brought on an EOS implementer to help with things. Yeah, we did. Nice. So I imagine yeah. that was pretty helpful because I, I we've self-implemented over here and I know some guys who have self-implemented. And I tell you what, even just doing the vision traction organizer and having level 10 meetings, like even if you get it like, 50% wrong. Like it still is just so helpful just to have a couple of targets, you know, a little bit of structure. Uh, it's, it's definitely kind of reined in what I call like my visionary madness, you know, with my mind just pinging all over the place with ideas. Um, so did you yeah. guys ever try to self implement at all and then go with an implementor? How'd that look like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I had read traction before we hired the implementer. And, uh, you know, I think uh, another person in our forum, um, Adam Weiler, was just having fantastic uh, results from his EOS experience and uh, 
had had uh, hired an implementer. So that's when we leaned into the okay. implementer idea. And, and for, you know, the, for those of you who have self-implemented and it's the same conversation I've had with uh, Hassan Ismani and, you know, who I know uh, self-implemented. It's just, you know, if you can get those core principles down and you can really own them, I, you know, like where I think there would have been a lot more value instead of hiring an, uh, an implementer would have been to hire a, kind of a business coach who was going to come in and really like uh, hammer the day that you work on the BTO, right? Like, so, you know, my, my implementer was an expert at EOS, but he wasn't an expert at my business and okay. uh, didn't understand uh, the market, didn't understand the product we were trying to deliver. And I think uh, like a business coach that would have come in and said, you know, Instead of what the EOS implementer did, which was, you know, hey, guys, what do you want to do for your three year revenue target? And just looking at us and us going, um, I, let's, you know, like, let's do some rough napkin math and throw something on the board. Like having someone who had been like, no, 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 guys, like that's a, that, that number is wrong. Like, let's look at your market. Let me compare this to other businesses I've worked with. Like that would have been so much more valuable, like having traction in our hand, but then really working with someone who could have like gotten in deep and like blown up our conceptions about what success could be in our market or yeah. someone that could have spoken to that. Like that would have been a really valuable because it would have challenged a bunch of internal ideas. And I think that's what I want from an external person is to keep challenging me, challenge the business so that. You know, it doesn't become an echo chamber that's destined to fail. Like, I don't know what I don't know. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like that idea, man, because like I I, I kind of think of it this way is like, what's really the potential of the niches that we're involved in in our businesses online? And like, it's hard to put a number on that. And I still don't know you know, how to really do it. I mean, we can track products and use all the Amazon softwares and stuff like that. But it would be great to have like a business coach, like you said, to really dig into like the market, the potential. And, you know, maybe it's way more than you think it is, or maybe it's, you know, a little bit less. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good tip, man. I will uh, definitely consider that uh, when we're looking at some of this stuff with EOS, cause I know we kind of sure, hit a roadblock. Sure. I mean, I end. know you're a fitness coach, right? Like it, it's like, yeah. um, you know, like if you were, if you, if you were a person who was, um, and I'm going to pick a, like, it would be like bringing in the guy who is like the best sales rep in the world for Cybex and like having him work with an individual person who wanted to lose like a hundred pounds. Like yeah. that person would be able to tell you what all of those lifting machines did and about what you could handle. But that person would not necessarily understand human physiology or like, calorie burn or diet or give give the person who wanted to lose that way all of the tools that they would need internally meant for them to succeed at what they were going to do and how to how to avoid some of the mental failings and so i think we brought in like a system expert in like the structure which was really good but we didn't bring in like a a, a person who was going to challenge us to grow the business yeah Man, and it just falls back on just like that. It, it reminds me of just how great like the partnership is that you guys have. And like when you have these people that specialize in very certain specific 
areas and they know where they can add value and they just kind of stay and they stay in that lane. And, you know, when you can get as many people like that in your circle as possible to fill those different roles you have, like, and holy crap, man, it's like mind blowing what becomes possible. And it just makes me feel so silly back in the day when I used to try to do everything on my own. Uh, did you ever suffer from that? You know, trying to do everything. I, I, on st- your own? I still suffer from that, man. Like that, yeah. Yeah, that's a hard muscle to stop flexing is that I can do it all my, on my own. And I think what, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Tao was, is reading, uh, that like new book of, uh, Naval, uh, quote. Okay. And, uh, you know, one of them in there is like, you know, hiring people to, hundred X the business, right? Like, like each hire should be, you know, like multiplying what you pay them in value. And where I, where I've kind of sat down on that is like, look, you know, like there are going to be people that you hire that um, are just answering the phones, doing whatever, but like some of the, every person above that is a larger and larger percentage of people who they just need to deliver growth. And I, when I'm holding everything on my own, I can't, also grow the business like like there, there are days where you're just doing things that you should be letting go to focus on the the bigger things that move things forward and we just don't do enough of that and i think we all do it because we want to control the end result we want it done right there are negative consequences to not getting things done um like when ba slip or or, or someone slips at work you can feel it but you know like Sometimes I think we forget that the thing that hurts that maybe the ball they dropped and there was a problem we have to come and fix, um, not hiring that person to, to do some of that stuff, you miss the boat on like all of the really big things that you could have done with that time that would have like crippled whatever the downside of the problem that you like this person could have made a mistake on or whatever, like you could have moved way beyond that. You could have brought on a new product. You could have opened a new channel. You could have negotiated a new rate with, you know, your supplier, your, your brain and your time uh, just start to get infinitely more and more valuable uh, as you go. Um, you know, like I, I think, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, man. It's uh, and, and it's kind of like how you started off mentioning about like, you know, it's a, it's a tough muscle to stop flexing and it, and it, it, it like, it becomes a habit. And even when you're aware of it, uh, you know, you, you can still catch yourself doing stuff, uh, that you really shouldn't be doing. Like today I was dealing with like an, an issue with a GS one UPC code. And I'm just like, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing, it. I'm like, dang it, man. Like, why am I the one doing this still like this should be on someone else's plate um but it's just one of those gaps that you know i haven't filled yet and you know one cool thing we did do this this week was um got some new a new team member on board and i was like hey here's some resources on how to create listings on amazon um you know we've got our own way of doing it we've got some processes you can look that up but you know i want you to take this stuff i want you to figure it out and they did a really good job without my input from, you know, the copywriting, the title and the SEO stuff on Amazon. But it was when, when we hit this flat file upload and there was somebody in the system, you know, back in the day when Amazon was a wild west, you could like 
you hijack a UPC code and, and now they have our UPC code and we've got the GS1 certificate and everything, but there's still really nothing that Amazon can do about it. Right. Um, you know, they've got some weird work around. They want to, they want to try and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Um, but yeah, man, it's great when you can pass off work to somebody and, and, uh, they can, they can take it on and, and finish it really well. But yeah, I still find myself very often doing things that I, that I definitely shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's just like you, like you just have to exercise whatever muscle that is, you know, the, <laughs> the don't do this muscle. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, you know, I was listening to, you know, Mike Jackness had the podcast with Dave Bryant, uh, like, uh, the econ crew podcast. And I was, you know, one of the things that I, I listen to that often, I, you know, I, I've, uh, and I, I always get little nuggets out of it because, you know, uh, Mike struggles with a lot of the same kind of like, how do I let it go uh, things. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said that I, I've kind of held on to uh, is, you know, I know that when I hire someone, it's going to take 12 times or like 10 times longer for that person to do what I was doing before and the pain of sitting through someone who's sitting through it with someone who can't do it as fast as I can. And it's going to take forever. And it's like, ah, this is so painful. And trying to remember that if it takes 10 times longer then like, you know, it's not going to pay off for you until 10 times down the road of times you would have done it. And now it's all free time. Now it's all yeah. extra space that you've created. But in that moment, it's so hard to take, uh, take that energy and like uh, put it into someone brand new and raw, watching them fail, watching them get it wrong, which feels in that moment as if it's slowing you down uh, and, and always trying to remember that it's actually, it's going to free you up next month. It's yeah. going to free you up in two months, you know, and uh, and that's really hard to think about when you're when everything is moving so fast. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, man. That's 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 definitely the ticket right there. Um, and for me, it was like the same with creating systems and processes and like documenting things, uh, because, man, like it's you know, it, it reminds me of like writing an essay in school or something like that. Um, and you know, you hope you get a good grade and that's really, you know, the benefit you graduate, whatever, but like on the systems and processes side of things, I just kept telling myself like, Hey, I really only have to do this once. And, you know, then I can bring someone else into this, this, uh, role and, and they'll have an outline of what to do. And, you know, if you can just focus on what's on the other side of that, of that, uh, hurdle, man, like that, that will definitely definitely keeps me going, keeps me pushing through, uh, somewhat with a positive mindset, uh, because man, once you get a taste of it, and I think that's the key. Once you, once you get a taste of it, you know, like it's, it's hard at first when, you know, people around you are saying, yeah, you need to do this. You need to do that. And you haven't experienced yet it yet. Uh, but once you do, you kind of get hooked on that a little bit and it becomes a yeah. little bit easier. Um, but it's still, it's still difficult, you know, cause, uh, I'm not one of those slow down guys. Like I'm either really slow, you know, like Netflix and chill or like, you know, go, 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 go. Like, let's yeah. get stuff done. Let's go to the gym. Let's go surfing. Like I want to do like high energy 
stuff. Um, so I'm always trying to find that balance, man, because, uh, you know, that's the hard part for me, but that's where I operate really well is when I can, can find that balance. I think that's what, you know, I think that's what makes uh, talent I work too, is that, you know, I had gone to grad school and uh, like my focus was operations and, you know, I've been going into organizations and kind of uh, building out like these different um, like teams doing turnaround stuff. So like, you know, three, three straight years of decline, like becomes, you know, like, how do I, how do I rebuild this? Right. And so when Tal brought me in, it was like, uh, and gave me the keys to everything else. It was like, so like, well, what, what system are you guys using? Like, what's the SOP for this? And people would just look at me. Right. And, you know, we'll, we'll joke that like at that time and still like the gene, the go, go, go gene of like ready, fire, aim, you know, like, no, you got to aim first. And I think that there's an alchemy where, you know, that, that's where it's come from. Like, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of truth to the fact that people who are very systems and process oriented can get stuck in that space and then they never sell right like they spend all their time planning and then they never execute on a, on a project and sometimes executing will refine the plan for you by seeing yeah. where you fail right and so if that's your model like meeting in the middle with that where you know like I want to go 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 which is where Tao was and then and I'm very like wait 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 like let's like, how do we sustain go, 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 go? Because we can go, go, go right now. But like, how do you sustain that like three months from now? What What is the thing that we're going to compound? Like the problem that's going to continue to happen? What is the thing that's going to keep that, that needs to continue to happen that you're going to want to drop in three months because there's something else you want to go, go, go on? Yeah. You know, and like, <laughs> how do I put something in place so you don't have to, it, you know, we can't run a business like spinning plates on sticks. You know, and I'm going to spin this plate really fast. Okay, it's good. And I'm going to move to a different plate. Like, no, like that we can't, we, we have to, you know, have a system in place that's not a tiny stick, but like something much bigger for that plate to spin on. And, uh, and look, there are times when my desire for infrastructure, my desire to build systems and processes has been completely wasted, you know, like, you know, we'll, we'll find something else works that if we had just moved forward and sold, um, you would have learned. And I, and that's been a great learning experience for me that like, you know, having been in other corporations to, in order to make decisions, you have to go through like three or four layer, layers of people. Lots of them are dealing with politics. So it'd be like, I want to do X. And then having people go, oh, no, 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 you can't do X because last year Steve wanted to do Y. And, you know, Y didn't work. So X is never going to work. And then when Tal and I started to work together, it would be, hey, I want to do X. And the answer is, is it going to make us money? Yeah. Well, okay. Like, that's it. That's the only layer. Is The only question is, is this going to propel us forward? Um, and that's freeing uh, completely to, to experiment a lot more. And I think that's where a lot of our, our alchemy has come from. Nice, the man. Yeah, us together like that. I really like the way you explain that, especially, I mean, you just hit it just right on the head, man. Like, you know, Hey, that's a great idea. Go, 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 go. But how are we going to sustain this when the next idea comes around? And it just, I mean, I keep falling back on the teamwork here because like you can't, you can't change the mindset of someone who's go, go, go. I mean, you can a little bit, but they're always going to be go, go, go couple months down the road, something new comes along, go, go, go. 
Like that's is always going to be there. And, you know, I realized a long time ago that like, you know, I needed to stop trying to change myself, you know, like I need to be more like that person or that guy or this guy, like, no, I need to be more myself, what I'm good at, what I'm naturally, you know, the way I naturally operate and then try to find other people that can support me, uh, you know, so they can be themselves and give them a space where they can be themselves. And uh, it sounds like you guys have really accomplished that, which is like, just, just awesome, man. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be totally honest with you, Nick. I think like one of the reasons I learned that lesson about like, you know, like that I'm not, I think part of it is accepting that you're not invulnerable and you're not knowledgeable in everything. Right. Yeah. And that you do have weaknesses. And, you know, like uh, when I was when I was a kid, I had, you know, bone cancer. I've been I've had like 14 reconstructive operations. You know, um, I've been through a ton in my life. And what I think that that caused me to do is build relationships with people that complemented places that made me stronger. And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, fortunately never have to go through those kinds of things that leave them obviously weak in certain places. And they feel that they can carry everything and they can move things forward. And that needing other people around them in like a real way, and not just like, I need someone to go surfing with on the weekend. Like I really need someone in my life in order to like have this holistic kind of feeling as a person like you. And and then I know what it's like to give up control and let someone care for me like as a friend or, you know, like in, in, in the most platonic way possible often and like uh, cultivating those relationships around me, like, you know, knowing that I was, I wasn't perfect and like having to have to learn to accept that vulnerability early in my life has meant that like, there's not as much ego to feel like um, I'm in control of everything all the time. And like with, because I haven't had that narrative, I think it uh, helps us kind of, it, it helps me in those moments, remember how like, Oh, Tal is a person who really knows what he's doing here. And like, I can trust that this person knows better than I do because, you know, different life experiences, different things have happened. Like you, you humanize the other person uh, across from you in a, in a different way. And I think it's, it's been really helpful in that way to kind of identify, Hey, this person is a total go, 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 go person. I need that person in my world. Like I need that person in my world to complement the fact that I am not a go, 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 go person. And together we're going to do great rather than, you know, just, uh, just trying to be around like-minded people all the time and you don't, you start to not see what your like where your weaknesses are. Yeah. And you know, that's uh, one of my favorite things about, about the group that we're involved in um, is you just get surrounded by all these people who are, have clearly been successful. Uh, so there's that kind of that trust factor right there where, Hey, these people know what they're talking about. You're a little more open-minded uh, to what they're saying. Cause obviously the, the social media platforms around the the world of Amazon, there's a lot of misinformation. So, you know, having this group of, of successful vetted individuals, you know, you kind of have that factor where like, all right, these guys should know what they're talking about uh, somewhat. And, and uh, usually they do, man. And we get together and we, we have a good time together. We connect on a different level. That's not just a uh, business 
And uh, it just really kind of becomes this whole other toolbox that you have to look into when your uh, e-commerce business is, is facing any types of problems. That's one of my favorite things about the group. You know, I don't think the group, I think that like, I don't look at the group as social media. Like people tell me that, oh, you know, uh, it's a Facebook group. You're in a Facebook group. I can't believe that. I don't want to spend any time on Facebook. And it's like, well, well for one, I, I, I just really applaud um, all of the sellers that come into the forum and, you know, fail in front of all of us. You know, yeah. like that is the, that's the one thing that most people are not seeing on social media is our failure. The second is, is the humanizing care for each other, right? Like, like, I think we've all seen on, on regular social media where, you know, like, um, you know, a person will post something that obviously draw a lot of attention and get a lot of like self internalized support. Like they're struggling with it. Like, you know, they want to celebrate the fact that, you know, they beat addiction or they're struggling with their weight or, and they're reaching out to their social network to get reinforcement. And I feel like million dollar sellers has not, doesn't have that in a like very fake way at all where there aren't people necessarily reaching for reinforcement, but they're, they're reaching for connection in order to level up their game farther. They're, they're not looking to like have people artificially tell them they're okay. They're looking for people around them who have failed in the same way and say, how do I get up from this? Or if it's been something that's super successful, they're thinking about like, you know, you can come to where I've been, you know, like, uh, there, there are people in the forum that have had massive success. Like I walk by their products at the store yeah. and, I, and, and to have, you know, private conversations with that person yeah. and have them, you know, like reach out and want to, and want to bring you along for the ride. Like that's what makes million dollar sellers, uh, a special group of people is that, it ha- you know, and even the small groups that we've run, I mean, like, you know, sitting down weekly with three or four guys has humanized like people who are successful at what they do in a way that I don't think most people on the outside get, right? You could follow, you know, uh, even the most moderately successful person on Twitter or regular Facebook, and you would get the sense that they are perfect. Um, you know, you may get to a place of almost resentful of how well they've got it. They're posting pictures of themselves, you know, like enjoying life, enjoying all the things that they've built. But when you get underneath the hood with them, they have the same insecurities. They've come from rough places and they've built themselves up. Everyone has a story that uh, they're not perfect people and they're all trying to get better. And I think what brings us all together is that hunger to level up and to keep going. No one's happy with where they're at. Everyone is looking ahead of where they want to go. And and uh, and it's been great. So, yeah. Man, lots of words of wisdom, Dave, man. I really appreciate you sharing all that. I think you're, uh, you know, just, I'm really aligned with a lot of the stuff you're saying. And and I think a lot of that, that you mentioned is what makes that group so special, man. For sure. Um, so, so what's on the horizon for you and Tal? What are you guys working on now? What's, what's your, uh, what's your big, do you guys have yeah. a bag, a big, hairy, audacious goal? <laughs> we do. So, um, Right now I'm in the middle of like really, you know, like Guardline was getting 90% of my energy. And, uh, you know, right now we have um, our Franklin's Popcorn Company. We have Softy Wipes, our hand sanitizing wipe company. And then we're kind of building something in the shadows that 
um, that I just want to say, like the, the thing I'm learning from that experience is, you know, hiring really, really good people to do really good work is worth it. And like, I think sometimes, you know, like when you're, when you're building your company, it's about getting X, Y, Z done, right? Like I need a, I need a label for this product. I'm going to hire someone to design a label. And, you know, like I went into a project, uh, with one of these companies that like, initially it was just about like, we just need to come up with a label. We need to come up with some, a target market. And instead we're getting, we, we spent way more money than I think most people, uh, would be comfortable spending to just get a label. And instead we're getting a ton back brand strategy guides. We're getting a real clear idea where we are. I can't wait to, to kind of launch that new thing. So what I'm learning out of that is, is sometimes, you know, take a step back on the project you're working on. What is the bigger piece that it's uh, connected to and make sure that whoever you hire also has that connection. It, it, it makes a ton of difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, like we did three rounds of market strategy for Franklin's popcorn, which was really exciting. And we're implementing a bunch of that right now into a new web experience, uh, working on how to build out subscription models, uh, on our, on our Shopify store. And then on Amazon, how to launch, like, I think we're launching like 17 new products over the next like six months to where. You know, we're looking at some we're looking at some of our direct competitors and, you know, we've been content to hang around. But I think that we're about to get a lot more aggressive and it's it's super exciting to kind of raise the submarine out of the water yeah. and just like, you know, expose yourself and really just like go go to town and uh, and pounce. And I'm, I'm really excited about uh, going from building to go to that go, 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 sell, sell, sell high level thing again. So exciting. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see what you guys do, man. Uh, I know, I know you guys are going to crush it with a team like that and strategy like you guys have, and and that synergy. I'm sure it's going to be pretty amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what's been really helpful is like when you to go back to your EOS conversation is as as in the new visionary seat. Like I was having a hard time coming up with tools to use as a visionary to like well, how am I making these decisions? Like, like, how do I choose the direction of the company? Like EOS assumes that whoever's sitting in that seat has all of that knowledge. And one of the things that I've been using is um, like design thinking uh, and business modeling uh, through, I, I bought this book called Invisible Company. Uh, and uh, I think it's by like Alex uh, Osterwald, Osterwald or something like that. Um, I'm sorry if that I messed that up, but uh, but what it does is really help you build out these business models of how, what's our core deliverable? What are, um, what is our strategy to do that? What are our competitors doing? Uh, where do we need to spend our money going forward? How big is the market? Like, like answering a bunch of those. And then, you know, obviously putting the company through like quarters, five forces, like, you know, it's one thing to be an Amazon, Amazon seller and know what the prices you're getting from your supplier. But if you go one level back out and you are aware of things like the prices of the product that your supplier is sourcing for you and know where that market is, it makes it much easier for you to negotiate with your supplier. And so like understanding the larger like macroeconomic pressure that are on the niches that you're in can sometimes really lead you to key insights about, you know, how you market 
how you build relationships, when it's time to change suppliers and all kinds of things like that. So building out some of those tools for the visionary that I don't think are included in EOS have been, I think, super helpful. And that, that's one of the tools that I've really loved to use. Nice. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds really good, man. I remember somebody talking a little bit about, you know, like I, they were talking about like a light switch or something like that. And they were like, yeah, I know how much the screws cost. Yeah. You know, that I was like, wow, man, like yeah. you have really dialed it in. Um, yeah. Always room for improvement. It sounds like, you know, when it comes to so many aspects of a business that sometimes we just uh don't have the time to give attention to, you know, and I think that again, falls back on, on what you've mentioned is when you delegate that work properly, now your mind has space, you know, to think about those things. And, and, uh, it's, it's great when we can open up that space for ourselves. Uh, definitely a work in progress for me. I'm not sure that'll ever change. Uh, but I know, I know we've all come a long way, man. Um, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. You've shared so much great information today. Is there anything else? Well, you know, one piece of advice that you'd give someone, uh, you know, in the e-com space uh, based on your journey? Uh, uh, delegate, delegate, delegate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I want to make a right. song I mean, that, out let, of that. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's, let's focus on the thing we focused on, which is, you know, hire well, hire good people, um, expect more out of them than what you uh, hire them to do. Put that in writing that you expect them to achieve greater things than the, the small little nugget they may be directly accountable for. Focus them on your business growth and watch them go and then fire them quickly if they can't, if they can't uh, come through for you. You're going to know. And uh, when you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach that they can't run with you, then it's time to move forward. A great tip, man. Thank you so much for your time, Dave. I uh, look forward to speaking again with you soon, man. I'll, I'll see you soon, man. Take yes. care. All right. All right. Are you a million dollar seller looking to network with like-minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.